Hey, I want to thank you all for being some of the coolest people in the world. Many of you have reached out asking if we're okay. Uh, we are okay. Uh, just many of our staff um, really, uh, like the perfect storm uh, had been exposed. And we just love you and many of you know that many of you um, have family members that you're trying to protect. And uh, we prayed about it and really felt like this was important. And what is odd is we're in a time and in a, in a place in our church where we're believing for revival. And it felt like, God, how can we go back to online? Like, is that wrong? And I, I feel like oftentimes God does the reverse, the opposite things to move us forward. Like the way the Lord's gonna move is the exact opposite of what we think in our logic. And this is so hard for me to talk to a camera and not see you guys and hug you. And so I almost believe this is exactly what the Lord wants to do today. With that being said, um, I'm so excited to bring to you guys Champion 3. If you would all get out your cell phones really quick, it's super important that we know that you're here. 777-3520. The key word today is Champion 3. 777-3520, uh, Champion 3. If you would text that number right now, it means so much for us, especially right now when we're all distant, to know who's watching. We love you guys. We love you. We love you. We love you. Well, this is week three of a series that we started called Champion, and uh, it's really about running the race, and Paul asking Timothy to run the race set before him and, and, and to run with endurance. And so I, I'm, I'm excited, I'm really passionate about this subject because I, I, I'm someone who, who, who wants to put all of my heart into everything. And this, it's like Paul's writing to Philippians and Timothy and Corinthians and Romans, and he keeps bringing in these subjects of like, of, of running and running hard and running with endurance and running with perseverance and running with fervor. And, and I, I, I look at this and I think this is what we need right now in the body of Christ. And so week three, we are going to talk about the confidence of a champion. I think confidence can set us apart in the way that we run. I'm going to start off here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 as Paul is addressing the church. And he said, do you not know that those who run in a race, all run, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you would receive the prize. That you may win. And, and so I think about this, and I, I, I think, you know, we know that everyone who runs in a race, on the, what Paul's trying to say is, look at the way that they're running. Do our lives look like this? Many of you are believing for God to do things as you're trying to champion your business, your family, your home, your career, uh, your faith. And for me, as I look at this subject, we could take it in a lot of different directions, but I'm talking about my faith. Am I a champion for Jesus? Does my life model someone that other people look at and go, that's it. That guy is doing it for Jesus. And I pray that over you because I want to run with confidence in who I am in Christ. Well, Philippians chapter 3 says, Not that I have already obtained this or that I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on. I love that. I press on. I'm pushing through my feelings, my emotions, because I want to win. In our life, I, I'm not going to be lukewarm about this. I'm not going to be casual about this. I'm going to be all in, fervent about my faith. And I believe that's the, the, the difference maker in our faith is that we, when no one else is around, Sunday morning I'm by myself in my home or on my car, I am pressing in. On Tuesday when we're reading the Bible together as a church, we're pressing in. 
I want to see God move. And I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Church, we got to press on. When I think about this, there are some things that I believe can, can set us back. We, we talked about it last week in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, uh, we run the race with endurance, but, but, but set aside everything and the sin that so easily besets us. In Genesis chapter 3, I think one of the things that hinders us is sin. And, and, and not just so much being bogged down or being distracted or doing things that God has not called us to. Like we want to run with focus and when we sin, we're, we're looking in the wrong direction. But, but it's what it does on the inside. It, it's like a cancer that just eats away at us. L- listen to this in Genesis chapter three. The Lord is looking to walk with Adam this day. And, and he's looking for him in the garden and he says, where are you? And Adam replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. I was naked. I, I hate that. I hate that Adam was robbed of his confidence to walk with God. He, he saw in himself something that was not acceptable. He was embarrassed. He didn't think that he was good enough anymore. And so his nakedness caused him to hide. Not walk, not run, not laugh. But be afraid. And I don't believe that God wants any of us to be afraid of him or, what he, or walking with him or being with anyone else. That God wants to establish inside all of us a confidence. And so the Lord said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of fruit who I, who I, I commanded you not to eat from? Who told you that you're not good enough? Who told you that you can't be a witness? Who told you that you don't know how to pray? Who told you that you don't know how to read the Bible? Who told you that you're not a witness for Jesus? Who told you that you you can't share your faith? See, the things that the Lord has called us to do, I think the enemy is trying to talk us out of and rob us and put shame on us and, and, and an insecurity when the Lord is trying to put a confidence inside of us. Let me just take you somewhere in Scripture really quick. Ephesians chapter 2 is one of the most beautiful passages in scriptures in all of the Bible. Verse, chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. For we are his workmanship, we are his masterpiece, the New Living Translation says. It says that we were created in Christ anew to do the good things that he created for us to do long ago. Long ago, he planned for us to do great things when we were born again. And we're his masterpiece. And I think that there is a feeling that some of us have that we're not good enough and that we can't do the things that God has designed us to do. You were created to do good things amongst your family. You were created to do good things amongst your church. You were created to do great things amongst your job. You were created to do good things in a lot of places, but somewhere along the line, the enemy told you that you were not good enough. And today I'm here as your pastor to take those things off and to tell you that you are a champion. You are a masterpiece. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And what the Lord is trying to do is raise you up. He wants the world to see you. And many times in our generation, when we're put in spotlight opportunities, we want to shrink back. But the Lord has designed you to be a leader. He's designed you to lead in these moments of your life so that the world would look at you and say, that is hope. 
That is righteousness. That is goodness. I, I, I wanted to show you just for a second what a champion looks like. What, what, what is a champion? Well, I, I brought a friend here with me this morning. Uh, would you come here? This is, this is what a champion looks like. Man, you can put your shoulders out for the rest of your life. This, uh, this May, uh, Micah won uh, the 9- and 10-year-old championship at the Lakeland City Baseball League. The same fields that Chris Sale and Steve Pierce used to play on, Micah Broughton is a champion. He was one of the best kids on his team and then went on to be uh, an all-star player. And what was really awesome was the amount of confidence that he had in himself and then what, the way the other kids on the all-star team looked at him. Because... He won because he was a champion. They looked at him as a leader, and he, in moments during the All-Stars, they would look around and say, hey, he, Mike, was, hey, we can do this. We can still win this game. I know that we can. He became the standard to the team. I wonder in our lives if you knew that you're the standard. And Mike, bro, and I speak over your life that you are a masterpiece in Christ, that you are a champion in Jesus, the way you pray, the way you read your Bible, the way you listen to God, the way you love people. He's designed all of us to be the masterpiece because no one else can champion the life that God's called you to live but you. And I hope that you understand that you're a champion. Thanks, bro. You can go sit down. The reason why I had him wear his uniform today is because I want you to see that that's what a champion looks like, but I want you to understand that the Lord has called you to champion things in your life just the same. And hindsight, now that you know that you're a champion, you'll approach the next season of life with that much more confidence because you know that you are able to do the things that God has set you out to do. What has God called you to do? What has he called you to champion? What areas of your life is he calling you to be the very best and a hope and an example to others around you? Micah was a champion on his baseball team. He was a champion in his league, and he was an example to others. But you're an example at work. You're the salt of the earth and a masterpiece of Christ. No one can pray like you. No one can give like you. No one can lead like you. You're a champion. I'm going to take you real quick into Scripture to the story of Joshua. In Joshua chapter one, see, we had this vision a couple last year about this generation that has been running the race and setting the example for us as believers in this generation and them handing this baton off to us now to run. See, I I remember other people leading the prayer meetings and other people doing the Bible studies. And I I remember others, uh, you know, leading the way. But what's happened is the baton has been passed and we have been asked to run the race now with endurance. Now we're the champions of the prayer meeting. You're the champion of the Bible study. And and I'm gonna take you into scripture, into Joshua, where, where Moses 
you know, the, the leader who, who went and met with God in the burning bush, who approached Pharaoh with boldness, who, who, who put his staff down and saw the Red Sea part, and he led the people of Israel through, who went up on the mountain of God and got the Ten Commandments and came down and led the people through the desert, fire by day and, and cloud, by, cloud by day and, and fire by night. And Moses was a leader. But he handed the baton off to, jo- to Joshua. And Joshua would now lead the people. Can you imagine the amount of pressure that was now on him that he, he knew the example and now he has to be? In the first chapter, God is speaking to Joshua. And he's having to say the same thing over and over and over again to him. Listen to this in verse 6. He says, I want you to be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all of the land that I swore to their ancestors. I would give them. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Let me just ask you, in your faith, in your life, are you strong? Do you have courage? Are you strong and do you have courage? Because that's what it's going to take for us to run the race with endurance. Because a champion knows, I run this better than anyone else I know, and I'm running it for another victory. I know what I'm after and I know what I'm doing. I'm strong and I have courage. I don't care what the opposition is. I'm strong and I have courage. And the Lord is speaking this over Joshua. Now you'd say, but I don't think that the Lord has called me to win any crazy battle. You know, the Apostle Paul, maybe he was called to do signs and wonders, and, and, and maybe he was called to reach the lost with the gospel. What is your calling? Some people don't think that they're called to share their faith. Man, I, I pray that you would know the hope of your calling. And he would put a burning desire inside of you to know the things that God has called you to do. And that you would not shrink back. That you would not be afraid. As a baseball coach, one of the most difficult and frustrating things would be to take a kid that has the most amount of potential in the world and put him in that batter's box and him not believe in himself. The way that they swing when they don't believe, the way that they run when they don't think that they're going to make it in time, the way that they, they play when they don't think that they can make the catch. It's the way I see the church operating right now. It's almost like we're looking around the room thinking that someone else is going to run with the baton. Someone else will be a witness at their job. We'll let the pastor do it. We'll, we'll let the, the greeters do it. We'll let someone else do it. But I'm called to run with the gospel. You're called. So I need you to run. We just don't believe. The Lord would continue speaking to Joshua, not just in verse 6 and in verse 7, to be strong and courageous. He would say it again in verse 9. This is my command, that you're strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or be discouraged, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. We would hear this repeated throughout the scriptures. In Isaiah, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will be your help, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
There are so many things that you would look in yourself and say you don't have the ability to do. But that's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. Because where we cannot, he can. He can give me the wisdom that I need, the clarity that I need, the strength that I need. He can give me the perseverance that I need, the finances that I need, and the anointing that I need. Church, you're the hope of the world. And I pray that you would look inside yourself and see the confidence of a warrior. One of the things that I I think many of us are afraid of is like this, this ability to fail. In, in 2 Samuel chapter 23, there's this story of this warrior. And uh, Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. And listen to this. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and he killed a lion. I love this. It's one of the coolest uh, uh, passages in all of scripture. And he would go on to say that he, he went to kill this other guy and he did all these great exploits. But this, this warrior, this, this Benaniah, what I love is the scripture says that he went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Doesn't tell us why. But Benaniah knew that at some point that snow would melt and that lion would get out of that pit. What I love about it is Benaniah could have probably just killed the pit, killed the lion while he was standing on top of the pit. But the scripture says that he went down into the pit to kill the lion. I wonder the things that we would do if we weren't afraid of failing. If we weren't afraid of what other people would, would think. If we just heard God and spoke, if we just did the things that we believe God wanted us to do, if we gave, like there wasn't a fear of what would happen if we couldn't afford it. If we loved without the fear of being hurt. Ben and I went down into a pit and killed a lion because he believed he could. He had no fear of failure. He ran with confidence. In your life, are you strong and courageous? Do you have the confidence to champion the gospel for Jesus? There's not a certain amount of wisdom that you need to arrive at the place that God's calling you. You're already there. He has already placed all of the things inside of you that you need to be who God's calling you to be. When I think about the scripture, this is a repeated theme over and over and over again of God calling people who are not good enough to do things they could not do on their own. I was reading in my devotions just yesterday about Gideon and about how Gideon was hiding in the wine press. And the Lord came to him and said, mighty warrior. Now somebody who's hiding is not a mighty warrior but he called him to go and defeat the Midianites. In our life, he's calling us to run with endurance, run with passion, as if we're gonna win the race. If you knew you were gonna hit the home run, how hard would you swing? You're going to hit the home run. 
there's one more story I wanted to read to you, and it's a story that you guys are really familiar with, but it's the story of David and Goliath. What I love about the story of David and Goliath is that God picked someone who shouldn't have been the one picked. He picked like the last of kin, you know, like the one who was the youngest, the guy who was, who was, his job was not to wear the armor that day or to carry the sword. His job was to bring cheese to his brothers and go feed everyone, man. And David had all the confidence in the world because God made him a champion long before he was the champion. See, the champion on the battlefield that day was, was, was Goliath. I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but it's a fun one for you to read. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. David was one of eight sons and probably didn't feel like the most capable as he looked around the field, but this Goliath was, was making fun of the armies of the Lord. And David knew what was inside of him. He, he knew he had the potential, not because of who he was, but because of who the Lord was. And what I love about David was long before he won the war, he was winning all the battles. See, God, he's going to call you away to be with him. And what's so beautiful is that when you are answering the call and obeying, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're operating during practice, see, we practice being anointed when God calls us to himself and we get alone and we pick up his word and he begins telling us who we are. And we begin seeing the vision of our life and the, and the God-given moments, sharing the gospel to people one-on-one, ministering to people. We begin dreaming about the things that God wants to use us to do and the people he wants us to reach. And there are some of you that are called to reach teenagers. Let that dream sink into your heart. Some of you are, are, are called to be worship leaders, and some of you are called to lead Bible studies. And Put that dream in your heart and, and see it, because we'll reach the lost together for Jesus. Well, David, long before he showed up on that battlefield, the scripture says, in Psalms chapter 89, verse 19 through 21, long ago you spoke in a vision to your faithful people and you said, I have raised up a warrior and I have selected him from among the common people to be king. I have found my servant David and I have anointed him with holy oil and I will steady him with my hand and with my powerful arm I will make him strong. What I love is that God anointed David in front of his brothers long before he showed up at that battlefield. Because David would answer the call of God on the backside of a mountain with his harp. And he would sing to the Lord and the Lord would tell him all the things that he would do. And David would answer the call of God on his life by protecting the sheep. And protecting all, the, and, and, and he would say, this is what God's given me. I'm gonna do this better than anyone else. I'm gonna, cha- I'm gonna be a champion shepherd. I'm gonna protect every one of these sheep. And that's why God raised him up to be a mighty warrior. Listen to the story real quick. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go and fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way that you can fight this Philistine and possess and and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, 
And when a lion or a bear come to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it. I go after it. I press on. See, he was a champion long before he was a champion. I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. And if an animal turns on me, I, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. <laughs> this little boy knew exactly who he was and what he was capable of. That's why the Lord has anointed you. Because he knows exactly who you are and what you're capable of. I have done this both to lions and to bears and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine. For he has defied the armies of the living God and the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead. May the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on and he strapped the sword over it and he took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took off them again and he picked up five smooth stones from the stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Armed only with a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. He knew who he was. He had the confidence of a champion before he became a champion. And I want you to know, some of you think I can't lead a Bible study. I, I'm, I can't even pray over my family. When God called Joshua, he called him to go and take back all the riches for all of his family. Some of you are called to fight for your family, for your friends, for your coworkers. The enemy has taken things from your coworkers that they don't even know about. And when you begin to pray for them, and when you begin to tell them about what God wants to do in their life, you'll fight for their victory. And they'll find it. David went after Goliath. He became a champion because he knew who he was when God called him a long time ago. Many of us right now, I'm talking about the confidence of a champion. And as we're doing this 40-day reading plan together, I'm believing that God is speaking to you through the power of his living word. I want to see you understand the love that Jesus has for you and the calling that he has for you and the capabilities that he has for you. Because you're much more powerful than you think you are. You're much more anointed than you think you are. You can go further and do more than you ever dreamed of because of the call of God that's on your life. I believe that God is raising up a champion in this generation. That's you. You are a masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus anew. The old is gone, the new has come. Called to do the good things that he prepared for you long ago. Can you close your eyes for a second? Bow your heads. I want to see a generation run with confidence. I want to see a people dream again. And I believe that God is putting the gospel in your hand and you're going to make a difference in other people's lives. Your family is calling you to be a father or a mother in your home a husband or a wife. 
First, some of you are still single and you've got to champion your own heart. And I think it all starts like David, answering the call of God on the backside of a mountain, worshiping Jesus, grabbing your Bible and reading. And he'll tell you the things that he's called you to do and you'll fight bears and lions. And maybe those will be things, strongholds that your family has battled for years. And you'll overcome them because of who God says you are. And then you'll win the battle for us. At first you win the battle for you and then you win it for us. I'm praying for you right now, church. That you would raise up and be the church. I'm praying for your freedom. I'm praying for you to be restored. I'm praying for you to learn that your sins have been washed in the blood of a lamb and that you are fully forgiven and that there's no shame on you anymore. You are not a failure. You're a fighter. And you're a difference maker in this generation. The Lord has called you to be a champion so that others would look at you and know the example to which they're called to live. I pray over you right now that you would win back that which is taken from you. Jesus already won it. He won it for you and he's given it to you. So today I give you back your confidence. I give you back your identity. I give you back your pride because of the blood of Jesus. I'm praying right now over a people that may have lost confidence in themselves. I'm just, I feel like you need to know that there's nothing you can do to be good enough for him. You'll never be wise enough. He has given you wisdom. You'll never be strong enough. He has given you strength. You'll never be righteous enough. He's giving you righteousness. And today it's a grace, it's a medal that's been given to you for us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wonder today if, if you're in need of prayer or if you're in need of confidence and you're in need of a fresh anointing to be all that God's called you to be, would you just type in the chat, would you ask for prayer right now? Someone will, can even pull you into a prayer room and begin praying with you. But we wanna see all that God wants to do in your life and in your family. Holy Spirit, I pray that you move in that room right now that you would wash away the years of the lies that the enemy has tried to put on us and that you would robe us in righteousness. I'm so thankful that you restore. I'm so thankful that you're moving. I'm so thankful that you're here. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. So we bring this to a close. I'm believing that revival is coming to our church. And it's weird, we started this week off by saying, you know, with this series talking about Nehemiah and how the work was spread out and everyone was separated along the wall. But when you hear the sound of the trumpet rally together and our God will fight for us. I don't know if you remember that. I think it's crucial that as we're away from one another, we're staying bound to the word of God and to the gospels. So join me this week as we read through Matthew 
And as we seek God to empower us to be a beacon of hope to our generation, I believe God's moving in our life to restore confidence of a champion. I love you guys. We'll see you soon.